Acts chapter number 4. <clears throat> Acts chapter number 4. How many are glad to be saved? Amen. How many are glad for air conditioning? Amen. How many are glad for the possibility, the possibility of cooler air next week? Amen. All right. Now, uh, we're going to find out if y'all know the Lord because I'm going to get y'all to pray for it. And if it don't show up, we will know. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter number four. Acts chapter number four. We're going to read uh, uh, several verses and then we'll do a little review and, and jump right into this uh, particular section. How many of you know that, uh, that God has a way of doing some incredible things? Y'all figure that out? That God can do mighty things, right? He can do miraculous things. He can do really, really cool things. But how many of y'all have noticed that right after God normally moves, Satan moves right behind him? And that's kind of what we're going to look at today. Uh, God has performed a miracle. Uh, we read that and studied that last week. And, uh, man, it's great. The, the disciples are on a high, if you will. It, the, the, the crowd is just stirred up and... And, and right after God moves, Satan moves. And this is really the beginning of the persecution of the church. Uh, some historians say there were 10 different waves of persecution that came across the church. And I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about having a flat tire on the way to the church house, okay? I'm not talking about the air conditioner going out in the church building so you're sweating during the sermon. I'm talking about being burned at the stake. I'm talking about being sewn into wild animal skins and fed the hungry dogs. Uh, being put in a net and swung over an arena and allowing bulls, wild raging bulls, to crush you to death. The church went through intense persecution. And, and by the way, it is still happening today. It is still happening today. In Nigeria, people are dying for their faith. Uh, in, in Sudan and many other places that, that around the world, Christians are giving their lives for the cause of Christ. And I'll be honest with you, it's really hard to put up with whiny baby Christians in America when you see what real Christians are doing for their faith and what they're having to suffer for their faith. And uh, I, I, think, I think a lot of American Christians need to do what my aunt told me when I was preaching my grandmother's funeral, we just need to buck up. I mean, really. Uh, there's so many things that go on that, that, that it, it doesn't take, I mean, point being, sometimes, sometimes the smallest things will cause us to leave church. The smallest things cause us to, to, to turn our back on God. You say, well, I'm not going to church because of the people. Well, you, that shouldn't be why you're going anyway. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start on persecution and what, what to do and how to, how to deal with persecution in this matter. All right? Acts chapter number 4 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. And as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. In other words, they arrested them. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about how many? 
And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power, now watch this, or by what name? What power or by what name? Now, I want you to look in my Bible. In that chapter, in that chapter, anywhere where it had something to do about the name of Jesus, I, I highlighted it in orange so it would stand out. Because it kept coming up. It kept coming up. So I, I put it in orange so it would stand out from the rest of them. So in your mind, I want you to keep that phrase in mind. By what name, by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel... If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made known, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, watch this, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Say amen. amen. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. The word naught means despised. You reject him, you despise him. He has become the head of the corner. Watch this now. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. They were blown away. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, I like this, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside from the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. Read it with me. And say it again. You know what? When it's a real God thing, they can't deny it. Amen? Now, now let's finish. But that it spread no further among the people. Let, now watch this again. First we say, what name is it? So they hear what name it is. And so let's see what they're going to do about it. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this. Now, wait a minute. You just want to know how we did it. And now that you know how we did it, you're threatening us. Don't speak in this name. Verse 18, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. I like this response. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Verse 21, so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your, your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for the privilege of being here. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for, for our, our Bible that we can read and study and learn and grow and develop and mature. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us as we, we study these words to take some things from this that will encourage us, take some things that will challenge us, take some things that will strengthen us spiritually. And Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. Move on us today. Move on me. 
Lord, please help me. Help me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that you'll uh, allow the words to come freely. I pray that you won't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, please don't let me forget anything I should. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you and give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let's, let's review just a little bit. Before we jump into the outline, <clears throat> let's review a little bit and kind of set the, set the scene a little bit. Set the scene of what's going on here. Uh, if we go back to chapter number 3, you'll find out that at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, uh, Peter and John are going through their daily business, their daily routine. Uh, uh, nothing really special, nothing really uh, 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 different than any other day. They were going into the temple in the hour of prayer, uh, which was their manner. It was their habit of doing. And, uh, and as they're going in there, they come across a crippled man, all right? They come across someone who has been crippled, and he's been crippled since birth. He's never walked. He's never been able to jog down the street, run down the street, walk as a little lad and all these things. From that point on, he, he has been a cripple. And so they would bring him to this spot. Uh, it was a very strategic spot. It was a spot that he would probably most likely uh, get several uh, people to be able to give him some generosity, maybe some, uh, some alms or, or, or uh, money to help him. Uh, and, and so that's where he's at. And, and so Peter and John are going up and, and, and this man, he petitions them. He petitions them and looks for help. He's looking for money. Uh, can you help me? Can you help me? And so Peter and John, they stop and they look at this guy and, and Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. He takes him by the hand and he heals him. He heals him. And we studied, as we learned last week, that God allowed supernatural powers in that day to substantiate their message, to authenticate that they were truly men of God, and this was truly the message of God. What is the message? It's no longer Judaism. It's no longer the law. It's no longer coming to the temple. It is now faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ paid the final payment, and we no longer go to the law, but we go in grace to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. And God allowed these miracles to substantiate this. Uh, to make a long story short, we see uh, 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 how many of y'all would be excited if you were crippled to the adulthood and somebody healed you and you could walk. How would you act? Well, this guy, Peter and John's walking and he's hopping. He's leaping and he's praising God. I'm telling you, son, he is working them brand new legs. Amen. He is excited. He is thrilled. He is praising God. He is giving God the glory and people see him. People that know this is the cripple guy. This is the one who could not walk. This is the lame man. This is the one that we pass by all the time. Hey, did you realize, did you see the beggar? He's walking. Can you believe? And man, it causes a serious stir. And people begin to come in like crazy. And so they go into the temple complex and, and I, I sent them a picture. Do y'all have that picture for me? Uh, if possible. <clears throat> all right, this is a model. This is a model in Jerusalem of, of the temple complex uh, uh, there in Jesus' day. Uh, this would be Herod the Great's temple. He came in and remodeled it and made it extravagant. 
But that's basically what it would have looked like. The Temple Mount area is about 35 acres, okay? About 35 acres. I, I, I looked and, 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 and did some, some numbers and, and, and some uh, little, little calculating to see how many people could we possibly get in there. And, and that, that complex, that, that portico or whatever you call there, the, the different porches, man, it would hold thousands and thousands of people. Some believe up to 150,000 people or more or more in that, in that particular area. Now, we know, we know there was over 5,000 because as we keep reading and as we keep studying, the Bible says that 5,000 of them believed the message, right? And I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, but I'm trying to get you to get in your head what, ha- what happened, all right? There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that's gathered around. This miracle has stirred up a, a huge ordeal and it gives Peter an opportunity to preach the gospel. Now, the same thing happened in chapter number two. If you'll remember on the day of Pentecost, a powerful supernatural act of God gave them the ability to speak in languages that they hadn't previously learned. It caused a huge stir and it gave Peter an opportunity to preach the gospel and thousands of people got saved. So we have thousands of believers in the church now. Now, here's the second date. Here's the second date. Or, or Later on, we see the second experience with this. Okay, something happened again. A supernatural event, a miracle took place. It gathered up a huge crowd. And guess what Peter did again? He preached the gospel again. And so here we are, here we are. This leads us up to chapter number four, okay? Now, can everybody in your mind, can everybody in your mind see tons of people in this area and Peter and John right in the middle of them talking to them, explaining to them, preaching to them, preaching the gospel. And matter of fact, it's the same identical message he preached in, uh, in, in Acts chapter number two, where basically he says this, you killed the Messiah. You killed the Savior. But guess what? His father raised him from the dead. Jesus may have died on the cross, but he got up again. Amen. And that's the, that's the basic principle of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Amen. And so they're preaching, they're preaching, and they're teaching. And I mean, there's crowds buzzing everywhere. And all of a sudden, the authorities find out. Now, who are the authorities? You got to understand, in the temple complex, in the temple complex, they had their own if you if you use this term it makes sense to us, they had their own police force. Okay? You know how you know how like colleges have their own uh, campus police? It's kind of the same way. All right. They had their own authorities, they had their own uh, little force there and and soldiers and and, and the, the temple guards. And so here they come and they take them. Now, let's jump into the, the now, does everybody understand what's going on? Huge crowd here, a huge stir, miraculous event, and, and Peter and John is using this as an opportunity to preach the gospel, share the gospel, and right in the middle of that, man, they're going, and it says they, so both of them, both of them are speaking to the people. 
Peter's done preached the message, and they're probably answering questions. So here we have Peter and John both mixing in this crowd, and they're telling them about Jesus, and they're telling them he was crucified, and they're telling them that he got up the third day. He resurrected this one. Y'all remember? Y'all were here. Y'all were saying, crucify him, crucify him. Well, let me tell you, we saw it. We heard it. We seen him on the third day. He got up. Amen. Amen. And so here they come. Here they come. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one. Number one, we see the persecution that arose. God moved. God moved. And they didn't really have time to celebrate it until Satan moved too. <clears throat> and that, that should tell us all. That should tell us all. Look, be careful. Be careful celebrating too long after a great thing that God does. And, and what I mean by that is some of my hardest days have been at, right after some of my best days. Some of the worst Mondays I've ever experienced have been right after the best Sundays I've ever experienced. Brother Travis, you ever experienced that? On the mission field, same way. Why? Because here's the thing. How many of y'all have seen those, how many y'all have seen those, uh, those signs in some churches that when you're going out the back door, it says you are now entering the mission field. How many of y'all have seen them in some churches? All right. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But you know what? I'm going to make up a new sign that says you are now entering behind the enemy lines. That's because that's exactly what it is. Now, we're going. Now, think about this. He's the God of this world, right? He's the prince of the power of the air. He's the God of this world. And you are going out, or you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be, you're going out to be salt and light. You're going out, right? You're going out to be a witness. You're going out to pull people out of the fire, as it says in the book of Jude. You know, we are going out to bring them out of Satan's grasp. They are in his kingdom. They are under his control. And we are going to rescue them and bring them to Jesus. Guess what? You think he's just going to lay down and let you do that? You think he's just going to sit back and, and, and let you take away from what is his? When you're praying for your children, when you're praying for your families... When you're reaching out and you're serving God and you're doing all these things, you think he's just going to sit back and say, oh, I wish they wouldn't do that. He's going to fight. He's going to fight. Say it with me. He's going to He's going to fight. Now, preacher, why are you saying all this? Because we've got to quit acting surprised when he does. We've got to expect it. Because I promise you, the punch that you expect hurts a lot less than the one you don't see coming. Are y'all with me? So here we are. Persecution arises. Now look what it says. Let's start in verse, chapter 4, verse 1. And as they spake, Peter and John, they're speaking to the people. They're telling them about Jesus. They're telling them about the resurrection. They're preaching the gospel. The priest, the captain of the temple... The Sadducees, now the Sadducees was a group of people that didn't believe in the resurrection. They fought the Lord Jesus too during Jesus' time in, 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 on this earth. And they, they matter of fact, uh, if I'm correct, I believe I'm correct in this, but I believe they only believed in the, in the Torah. In the first five books of the, of, of the, 
of your Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They believe everything else in the Old Testament was a commentary for that. And, and, and there, is, there is really nothing spoken of a resurrection in those first five books. So they didn't believe in the resurrection at all. And so they are really bugged by this. All right. Look what it says. Being, verse two, being, what's that word? Grieved. grieved. Being grieved. They didn't like it. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, let's look at this. A. First, we see the interruption. The interruption. <clears throat> and, and, and write this down. Write this down beside it. Because I put it in, I put it beside my notes. I just wrote it in pen. That when God moves, the devil moves. I hate, I, I sure hate to, to quote uh, Cam Newton, especially this week, but he said, when the, when God be blessing, the devil be missing. And you know what? That's true. That's true. Uh, a man asked John R. Rice one time, he said, you talk about the devil bothering you so much and, 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 and persecuting and, and, and attacking you so much. He says, why don't the devil attack me like he attacks you? And John R. Rice said, if you jerked on his tail as much as I did, he'd attack you too. <laughs> what does that mean? If, if, if we're not really doing nothing, we can't expect too much persecution. But if you're trying and you make an effort, guys, open your eye. It's going to happen. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So they came upon them. They just came. And it was like a sudden deal. I mean, just out of nowhere, boom, they was on them. And they laid hands on them. They grabbed them. So look at this. Not only do we see the interruption, but we see the indignation. Write that down. The indignation. They were grieved. They were grieved. Now, this word grieved doesn't just mean they were bothered a little bit. They were greatly upset. Greatly upset. Grieved. All right, now here's the deal. Why is this bothering them so bad? I mean, there's other, there's other, you know, teachers of different sects. You know, you had the Pharisees, you had the Sadducees, you had different ones. And so you had all kind of teachers on the complex, you know, teaching different things. And, and the Pharisees didn't really agree with everything that the Sadducees taught. And the Sadducees didn't really believe everything. And there was Jewish zealots. And, and so what bothered them so bad? Well, here's the thing. First off, first off, look what it says in verse number two. Look what it says in verse number two. First, the very first sentence, all right? Help me read to the comma. Being grieved that they... Say it again. All right, let's try it one more time together. Being grieved that they... All right, they were upset simply because they were teaching. It wasn't just the content. We'll talk about that in just a minute. It was the fact that they were teaching. Here you have all of these rabbis and all of these priests and all these scribes and all of these highly, highly educated uh, uh, men of God. And I put that in quotes because they were all charlatans and fakes, but they, they had all of the credentials. They had all the accolades. They had all of that stuff. And here they come up on two Jewish Galilean fishermen uneducated, never been to school. Are y'all with me? Just a bunch of hicks. But guess what? 
There was thousands there listening to him. I mean, they're saying, what, 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 what is this? What are you doing? What? Why are they listening to these hillbillies? They don't have no education. Because look what it said in the chapter. Y'all remember what we just read? They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. It bothered them. Jealousy is an awful thing. Say amen right there. But it's worse though. It's worse. Not only did it bother them, just the fact that they were teaching just the fact that they were unlearned, they were ignorant, they had never been schooled, they, they, they don't have no education. What business do they got? You're usurping our authority. This is our territory, if you will. But not only that, they heard what they were teaching. What were they teaching? That the one that they convicted of death, the ones, listen, the one who this group that just came out on them, the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, the temple guard there, they had already proclaimed that Jesus was a heretic and had him executed. And here you're saying that this miracle took place and that man got up again. And if that man, watch this now, if that man got up again, that means you're right and we are And not only are you right and we wrong, we guilty of of an innocent man. Now do y'all see? Son, it bugged them. We got to stop this. Now here's here's the thing that's significant too. If you will remember, if if some of y'all were here during the the Bible conference and, and, and you were here the night that he was talking about the succession of priests, how it's passed down from generation, and John Baptist was the last one. You see, these were not real priests. They were hired, basically, I mean, just put it in terms that make sense to it, they were hired guns by the Romans. So they were not legitimate priests anyway. They were not legitimate uh, uh, men who should have been in those places anyway. And if this continues... What they had gotten was, and by the way, can you put that picture up there again? I mean, I want, I want to show you something. All right. How many of y'all, how many of y'all see the, the, the buildings, you, the buildings up there in the top left-hand corner over there with the red roofs? How many of y'all see them? All right. Now, how many of y'all see these, these down here in the, in, in, all piled up right there? In, 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 in below that with the white roofs. How many of y'all see that? All right. Now, which do you think looks wealthy and wh- which looks poor? All right. Top or bottom wealthy? All right. Top or bottom poor? Guess where the high priest lived? It was all political. It was all political. Y'all, y'all kind of, y'all kind of picking up what I'm putting down now. This isn't just the fact that we don't like a new religion. If you're right, we're going to lose everything we own. And if we give in, if we give in to this new movement of Christianity, following this Nazarite, or excuse me, this Nazarene, this one from Nazareth who who never owned anything. 
who had no place to lay his head, who had to borrow a tomb for three days. Y'all with me? We're going to lose this. They were wealthy. They were crooked. They were political. It was a sham. Are y'all with me? And if we don't stop this, if we don't stop this, we're going to lose everything. Now do y'all see a little more into the picture? It wasn't just because what they thought they were teaching was against Mosaic law. It was way bigger than that. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All right, let's look at the third one. We see the interruption. We see the indignation. They were grieved. Now we see the interrogation. The interrogation. Let's keep reading. They laid hands on them and put them in a hold until the next day. See, it doesn't got late. It started about 3 o'clock. When, when the man was healed, when the man was healed, it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And this, this, this whole ordeal had taken place over a period of several hours. And now it's already late in the evening. And they said, well, we'll just, we'll just arrest them, uh, put them in hold, and we'll deal with this tomorrow. All right, verse 4. <clears throat> they, try, <laughs> they shut them up, but how be it? Many of them which heard the word, what? And the number of the men was about what? 5,000. Now, this is just men. It only counted the men. So there's no telling. There's no telling how big the crowd was. There's no telling how many more people believe besides just the men. Now look, verse 5. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander... And as many as were of the kindred of the high priests were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, in other words, they, they usually, in, their, in their, their courtroom, if you will, they usually were in a circle. They usually had them in a circle and they would put the accused or whoever was uh, given testimony or whoever was given witness, uh, they would set them in the center and they'd be questioned and, and they'd be interviewed that way and interrogated. So how many of y'all can see that? Get in your head, you, you got this picture. So they put Peter and John in the middle and they begin to ask questions. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, how many of y'all remember, how many of y'all remember from our study of the book of John, Annas and Caiaphas, and how how they were so intricately involved in Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, hiring people to lie about Jesus and, and bringing Jesus to Pilate. These were the same people. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So, so they, they are very intimately well known about who Jesus is and who this is. This is, this is not, this hasn't been so far long ago. It's only been 50 days or 50 something days uh, before that, that Jesus rose again. All right. So, so now watch it says, and when they had set them in the midst, they asked by what power, or by what name have ye done this? Now, before we go any further, <clears throat> before we go any further, uh, I, I need you to understand something. Uh, I don't like persecution. I don't even like a bumpy road to drive down. Now, is anybody with me on that? Now, I, 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 you know, I, I heard a preacher I heard a preacher preaching uh, today, matter of fact, 
And he was saying, bless God, we need persecution again because it will cleanse the church. And it would, it would. Because uh, them whiny Christians I was talking about, if there was real persecution, they wouldn't be no more of them. Because it would clear them out, buddy. I promise you, it would. But I'm not of that flavor, all right? Listen, let God handle that later on. Hold back the persecution, Lord. Amen. I, I don't like persecution. I don't want persecution. I don't like confrontation. I'm not afraid of it, but I don't like it, and I don't want it. And if we can avoid it, that'd be great and wonderful. But let me tell you this. Don't look at it as a bad thing. Don't look at it as a bad thing. When Satan raises his hand against you, and, and, and this is what I mean by that. Watch, watch how this works. All right? We have two fishermen. Two fishermen. All right? Are y'all with me? Two Galilean fishermen who've never been to divinity school. They've never been to uh, seminary. They're unlearned and they're ignorant men. Now, I put my picture back up there. Put my picture back up if you don't care. All right? Think about that high-class neighborhood up there. Think about, think about the high priest and the political clout that's there. What chances? What chances? Now, how many of y'all would agree that them people need Jesus? How, listen, they killed him. They definitely need him. Caiaphas needs to hear the gospel. Annas needs to hear the gospel. There's no question whatsoever. These people need Jesus. But what are the odds? What are the odds that people this high up on the political totem pole, people with that much clout and that much authority, and that, are are y'all with me? People that are way up there, they wouldn't give these two unlearned ignorant fishermen the time of day. There's no way possible that Peter and John would be able to share the gospel with them. Except they were arrested. Now they can start a jail ministry. Now let's think about this. Now I'm not, I'm not just trying to be funny. I mean, this is kind of humorous the way it's falling out. But, but what does Peter and John want to tell them? They pray in Jesus' name. They preach in Jesus' name. They serve in Jesus' name. They heal in Jesus' name. It's all about the name of Jesus. And guess what the first question of interrogation was? What name did you do this? Can you imagine what Peter and John was thinking? I'm glad you asked. What's the point? The persecution you may face may be the biggest opportunity of your life. There is no way in the world that these two men would have ever got an audience with that particular crowd without this taking place. How big is our God? Amen? Now watch. What name did you do this? Oh, oh, Peter, he was ready. Look what it says in verse, verse number eight. We see the persecution that arose. Three things under that. Three things under the persecution that arose. Tell me. We see number one, or A, the, come on everybody. We see the interruption. They interrupted their ministry. Stopped them from preaching in the, in the, in the, in the courtroom and arrested them. Then we see B, the 
indignation. Can everybody see why they're so mad and they're so upset? So really, they're, I think they're as much afraid as they are anything. And then C, we see the interrogation. How did you do this? How is this possible? What are you doing here? Then number two, write this down. We not only see the persecution that arose, but I want you to see the preacher that answered. The preacher that answered. Before we read it, before we read it in Acts chapter number four, I want you to turn with me real quickly to Matthew. Turn with me real quickly to Matthew chapter number 10. Lord's willing, this is where we're going to be Sunday. Isn't it amazing how God just puts all this stuff together? This is where, this is where Jesus sends out his disciples into all the cities two by two. How many of y'all remember that in the Bible? He said, go, don't take nothing with you. Don't take no, no script, nothing for your journey. They're going to they're feed you when you get there. I'll take care of you. I want you to heal. I want you to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom or of uh, the kingdom of heaven and, and so forth and so on. All right. That's, that's where we're at in chapter 10. Now look in verse 16. Look in verse 16. <clears throat> Behold, you there? I still heard flipping. Everybody there? Verse 16, Matthew 10, 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of what? Wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of why? For they will deliver you up to the... Guess what has just happened here in Acts chapter number 4? It's, it's already happening. Jesus said it was going to happen, right? Now watch. And they will scourge you in their synagogues, and ye shall be brought before the governors and the kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you... Here, here it is. Here it is, everybody. Here it is. Verse 19. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall... For it shall be in that same hour what ye shall. Are y'all with me? Verse 20. Verse 20. For it is not ye that speak, but the, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in. Did y'all catch that? Let me go back. Let me go back. Y'all didn't catch it. Let's all read it slowly, slowly together. Follow me, all right? Verse 19, let's read it. And I, I'm doing this on purpose. I'm doing this on purpose. Y'all know what we're in right now. If you're in live groups, you know we're talking about sharing our faith and, and, and being a witness and, and being real disciples, being real disciples. Uh, some of y'all, I don't know if you caught my, my, my post this week, but I said if you're, the Christian life you're living does not require boldness, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. You're either not witnessing, you're not sharing your faith, which every disciple is required to do, commanded by God to do. You know, we, we, we have, we, it, would, it, would, it would curl our hair if we, the thought of adultery. But do you realize not sharing your faith is being disobedient to God just as much as adultery is? Are y'all with me? Don't get quiet. Come on. And there's a reason. There's a reason. Now watch. Look at verse 19. Say it with me. But when they deliver you up, 
Take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same... When are you going to get it? When you need it. When you need it. I'm going to go somewhere with that. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall... All right, verse 20, read it with me. For it is not ye that speak, but the... All right, let's read that again. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Now let's go back. Let's go back. Verse 8. Verse 8. Jesus told his disciples during discipleship training, I'm going to send you forth as sheep among wolves. I need you to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. They're going to take you before the councils and they're going to interrogate you and they're going to ask you questions. But don't worry. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't try to think up something to say. Because in the same hour, he will give you what to say. Because it is not you that's speaking, but the spirit of my father in you. Y'all with me? Now look at the scene. Look at the scene. You got all these highfalutin, uh, crooked politician, religious people that's here. The high court, or the, really the Supreme Court of Israel, if you will, they are un, under interrogation. Here, little old, little old poor Peter and John, little old unlearned and ignorant Peter and John. Oh my, oh my, oh my, what will we ever say to this educated crowd? They wasn't, they wasn't sweating. Biting their fingernails to the quick, wondering what to say. Why not? Because Jesus already told them, don't worry about what to say. I got you. In the self-same hour, my spirit will be in you speaking for you, right? Now let's look. Let's look. First sentence. First sentence. Verse 8. Then Peter, who was he? A disciple who heard what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 10. That's who Jesus was talking to. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Then Peter, filled with the... Say it with me. Filled with the... Said unto them. What does that mean? Now, we've done study filled with the Holy Ghost. So if you, it means controlled by. It means influenced by. It means pushed by. What does that mean? At that moment and at that time when he had to have an answer and he had to have a response to the question of the interrogation of who he is and what he's doing, in that moment the Spirit of God filled him and influenced him, guided and directed him and gave him exactly what he needed to say. Somebody say amen. And the first point that I want you to write down is the word possessed. It's probably not the best word, but I had to have it for alliteration purposes. Say amen. It still is the same principle. The Holy Spirit possessed him 
And it was not Peter speaking, but the Holy Spirit was using Peter's body to speak the message of God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He was possessed by God. He was filled by the Holy Spirit. He was controlled by God. In the time that he needed God, God was right there in that very hour. Now here's where I want to go with this. Here's where I want to go with this. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. We probably ain't going to finish, but that's okay. We'll come back to it next week or whatever we need to do. But this is what I need you to understand. A lot of times, good Christians don't share their faith. Do you hear what I said? Good, well-meaning Christians don't share their faith. One is because they're scared. And two is because they're afraid they're not going to know what to say. Am I right? Either I'm afraid or I don't know what to say when the time comes. Guess what? Guess what? Look at your neighbor and say, guess what? In this hour, in this hour, you're not going to know what to say. Unless you're witnessing the one beside you. But you may need to do. When are you going to have it what to say? In the very hour, you're going to need it. It's when, listen, you're sitting here right now because you're wondering, what am I going to say? I don't know what I'm going to say if I have, to, if I have an opportunity to know what to say. But guess what's going to happen? If you decide to obey God, if you decide to do what God says, when you run at work and somebody's there and the opportunity presents itself and you're willing to be obedient to God, you won't have to fear and you won't have to worry. Just step up and be obedient and the Holy Spirit of God will fill you and he will, listen, he will possess you and he will give you what you need to say in the very hour you need to say it you cannot mess it up because it's not you doing it God doesn't need brilliant people he can use unlearned and ignorant fishermen all he needs is people willing to let him do it through you amen he was filled with the spirit of God listen Peter did not accomplish the things that he accomplished because he was a great educated orator and he was this great community. No, he was a man that was obedient and submissive to the the leadership of the Holy Spirit and filled by the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Listen, let me hurry. Let me hurry. So quit being afraid. Just try. Be, you will be amazed. I'm telling you, I'm, I, I, I wish, I, I, which I, I, I probably could figure out a way to do it, but if we could just record the testimonies in DMD. Witnessing in airports. Witnessing at the gym. Witnessing in different places just as we go. Witnessing at work. Saying, listen, I didn't even know what I was going to say, but, but when it came time, I just said what was coming to me, and it, was, and it worked. How novel that the Bible's correct. Amen? Amen. Listen, he was possessed. B, he was piercing. Man, he done brought, he done brought up again. Look what he said. Verse 9. 
If we this day be examined of the good deed done in the, to this impotent man by what means he has made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, watch this, whom ye, what? You killed him. Have y'all noticed it? This is the third time Peter's had an opportunity to preach. And he scolded them all three times. He dealt with their sin all three times. There's no way in this world that Peter could be blamed as a milquetoast preacher. Amen? And by the way, by the way, guys, when you share the gospel, sometimes it's going to be abrasive. Sometimes people are not going to want to be told they're a sinner. What do you mean I'm going to hell? I'm a good person. Yeah, but good don't get it. The gospel. Now think about this. Think about this. Think about where they're at. How about my picture? (laughs) Do you see that building right there? That is probably, that spot is probably the most sacred holy in the world. The most revered, even by non-Jews or non-Christians, is without a doubt. And in that time, that was probably the most religious spot in the world. And in the middle of the most religious people in the world, you have two unlearned and ignorant men looking them dead in their eyes and saying, you killed Jesus. How many of y'all would agree that requires some serious boldness? That would be like going to Mecca. And walking right in the middle of Mecca and looking at all them thousands and thousands of Muslims that are chanting and bowing around you and telling them all, you're all going to hell if you don't trust in Jesus. That's the, that's the exact equivalent. Now, do we have that kind of boldness? We need it. We can have it if we'll submit and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Preacher, I just don't want to offend nobody. I'm sorry, but the gospel offends. There's just no way around it. There's no way around it. I don't like, I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to be offensive, but if I share the gospel, someone will be offended. Guess what? I have to keep going. I've had them. I've had some dirty looks. I've had some nasty words said to me. I've had some rude stuff. It just, it offends. But guess what? I've had him that smiled. And I've had him that wept. And I've had him that thanked me. Thank you. This is what I've been searching for. This is what I, are y'all with me? Just go ahead and be piercing. They were piercing. Then see, write this down quickly. They were persistent. This preacher was persistent. His message never wavered. If you go read chapter number 2 and read chapter number 3 and chapter number 4, the message he preached on Pentecost, the message he preached to the thousands after the, the, the man was healed, and the message he's preaching right now, it's identical. 
Jesus died, you killed him, God raised him from the dead. Are y'all with me? You know what? You know what this world needs to see in Christianity? Consistency. We need to, we, our walk needs to match our talk. Amen? Now, look, watch here, watch here. He was possessed, he was piercing, he was persistent. I like this. He was persuaded. Look in verse 12. <clears throat> verse 12. When you get there, say amen. amen. Neither is there salvation in any other. Read it with me. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Do you want the world to like you? If you want the world to like you, say this is the way to heaven. This is the way to heaven. I'm not talking about a cross. I'm talking about Buddha, Muhammad, Abraham, Jesus, uh, Confucius, just, just whatever fits who you are, whatever you like, whatever you choose, whatever, you know, it's all, hey, it's all good. All roads lead to heaven. You'll be celebrated. This world will throw a parade for you. You'll be so tolerant. But when you narrow it down to Jesus is the only way. Without Jesus, you will die and go to hell. They'll want to crucify you. But guess what? Peter was persuaded. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only way. Say that with me. Say it again. Say it again. If your sermon is not about Jesus, it's not a sermon. If your ministry is not focused on Jesus, it's not a ministry. If your service and work does not glorify Jesus and make big of Jesus, it is not legitimate. Are y'all with me? Now. Now, we got time. We got time. Let's, let's go ahead and get number three. I want y'all see number three, the proof that availed. The proof that availed. Peter gets through with his little sermonette there between verses 8 and verse 12. Verse 13. Verse 13. Now, when they saw the what? Boldness. This is what we've been really, really praying for in DMD. Matter of fact, this Sunday, we didn't even do any of the lesson part. We just split up and prayed. We prayed. And the most, the most requested prayer request that we felt like God was leading each one was more boldness. Boldness means courage. Boldness means strength. Boldness means bluntness. The ability to be straight. Are y'all with me? Now let's be honest. Let's be honest. When it comes to sharing our faith, who could use more boldness? We all need it, don't we? And guess what stood out more to these guys? 
I'm talking about the religious crowd. It was their boldness. It was their boldness. It wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily the message as, or the sermon as much as how they delivered it. You know how they delivered it? They delivered it like they believed what they were saying. You know what? I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I would rather listen to a man that didn't, didn't know a whole lot, but he really believed what he knew, than someone who knew a lot but wasn't sure about it. Are y'all with me? They said, look at their boldness. Look at their boldness. Why are they so bold? They were unlearned ignorant men. They marveled. They marveled. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Here's the deal. What proof do we see? A, we see the perception of the men. Write that down quickly. The perception of the men. Watch this. It was not the education. And everybody, please get this. Please get this because I'm telling you, the devil is so good at what he does and he's got most of y'all in here convinced that you can't do this, that you don't know enough to do this, that you don't have enough education to do this, you don't have enough answers to do this. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can share your faith. Yes, you can tell somebody about Jesus. No, you don't have to know all the answers. Well, what if I don't know an answer? No problem. Let me give you what to say. I don't know. <laughs> say it with me. Say it again. That's a good question. Okay. I don't know. That's a good question. Say it again. I'll find out and let you know. You know what? I, 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 I read something about Albert Einstein. Everybody makes fun of my desk because it's, it's used, okay? It's a very used desk, okay? And I took a, I, 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 I found a picture of Albert Einstein's desk when he died. It looked identical to mine. And somebody asked him and said, a cluttered desk means a cluttered mind. And you know what he said? Well, what's an empty one mean? <laughs> Say amen. amen. Do you realize that Albert Einstein would not memorize, which nowadays, you know, we got the phones, but he would not memorize phone numbers. He, he would not, and this was his own admission. Why use up brain space for something I know where to find it. Are y'all with me? I'm not going to put them up here. I got a book for it. What's the point? You don't have to know everything as long as you know where to find it. So what if I don't know where to find it? Hello? Or call somebody. Be careful with Google. Google will lead you astray. It can help with how, how to find Burger King, but be careful with, with Jesus, amen? But y'all get the point? 
Don't, don't let fear keep you from sharing the gospel. Well, I, I, what if I don't know something? The, the thing that blew their mind, it was not their education. It was not what they knew. Watch. It was not the education of the disciples that impressed the Sanhedrin. For they knew that they were not trained in the law or the customs of the Jews. They were not seminary professors or graduates. These were simple fishermen who were standing with such confidence and boldness. No, it was not their, it was their experience. They took knowledge of them that they, say it with me, that they, you know what? It's hard to mistake somebody who's been with Jesus. I've seen a lot of preachers preach, and you can tell the ones that's been with Jesus. What's the point? Listen, the proof behind the message was their experience and the time they spent with Jesus. Then look at B, the power of the miracle. The power of the miracle is proof. Look what it says. I love this. What shall we do to these men? Verse 16, verse 16. What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them as manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. Read it with me. And say it again. And let me ask you a question. What What can the critics say when the drunk sober up? What can the critics say when the harlot straighten out? What can the critics say when the hateful become loving? What can the critics say when the stingy becomes giving? What can the critics say but the proof is in the pudding? You know what Paul would say and he would preach? He said, if the resurrection is not real, then what happened to me? Listen, lastly, lastly, look at, look in, look in, uh, look in verse 21, verse 21. They couldn't do anything because of the notable miracle and they sure couldn't do anything. Look at verse 21. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go finding nothing how they might punish them. They wanted to, they wanted to, they wanted to eradicate him, but they couldn't. Why? Because of the, for all men, what? Glorified God for that which was done. We see the perception of the men, the power of the miracle, and the praise of the multitude. Listen, guys, persecution can be a, it can be painful. It can be uh, irritating. It can be all those things. But it could also be a great opportunity. It may give you a chance and a, a congregation, if you will, an audience with people you normally would never would have a chance. Take advantage of it. Share your faith. I don't know what to say. You don't right now because it's not the hour. But in the hour that you need it, he will give you what you need to say. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Uh, I sense, I sense a lot of tired people tonight. How many of y'all have had a, how many had a rough week this week? Rough week. Look at all those hands. Look at all those hands. Well, let's do this. Let's just pray for each other.
Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And the Bible says exhorting one another, right? So let's do that. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead us out. We're going to dismiss. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for the ones on the pew in front of you. And all the ones on the front, you pray for the ones behind you. All right? All right? Can we do that? Ain't that what we're supposed to do? Yeah. Supposed to exhort. So let's pray for the people that's here. While you're praying, I'm going to lead us and, and dismiss us, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, there's a lot of tired people tonight. Been a rough week, and, and, uh, but they were still faithful, and they came out to your house. And I'm so grateful for that. I am so grateful for all those that are here. They mean the world to me. Lord, it, 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 it fills my heart with joy to know that they care and they want to come learn.